The world's economies run on their supply chains. Understanding them is the key to keeping global products moving. Welcome to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, a series of business podcasts co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. In this series of episodes, we explore new transportation technologies. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is brought to you by Here Technologies. Accelerate your business with location intelligence. Here now is your moderator, Supply Chain Quarterly's executive editor, Susan Lacefield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our continuing series of podcasts on transportation technology. One issue that has been a central area of concern to anyone in the technology space the past few years has been the semiconductor supply and the direction of the semiconductor industry. So who better to join us to discuss these issues than the on-semiconductor professor of business at the Supply Chain Management Department at Arizona State University, Dale Rogers. Dale, thanks for joining us today. Oh, nice to talk to you, Susan. Good to be with you. So Dale, um, I understand you're currently working on a report and study of the semiconductor industry. I was wondering if you could tell us about your current research and what questions you're investigating. Well, I've been working um, on research related to the semiconductor industry, the electronics industry for a long time. I actually, um, right after I got my uh, MBA at Michigan State back in the very early 80s, I worked for um, a semiconductor company, Harris Corporation in Florida. And so truthfully, uh, it's been something I've been thinking about working on for a long time. You know, it's it's really kind of an amazing supply chain because mm. uh, it's it's almost like alchemy in the Middle Ages <laughs> where you take these um, sort of base elements and then end up with something amazing that is really enabled around the world to have better lives. And so um, CSCMP asked me to do some research uh, into the semiconductor supply chain. So that's what I've been working on um, in 2023. And I think we're going to um, share it with um, CSCMP, the, the the uh, EDGE conference in uh, early October. I'm excited to, to do that. So I'm, I'm actually trying to get all the, the writing uh, done and, and so on, right, right, right as we speak. So have you finished with all the research and the, and the surveys that you've been doing? For well, the you're never really, you're, you're, ne- you're never really done with, with research. And, and this is sort of a, a fast moving target because, mm things are are changing so quickly we actually um last week we celebrated the um anniversary of the chips and science act uh so that's only a year old uh the money has has been put into uh you know available funds but it really hasn't been doled out so we're still there there's a lot of stuff that's that's changing um, every single day in this uh, uh, very complex uh, and important and interesting industry. 
Great. Um, so there was a lot of talk about the semiconductor shortage during the pandemic and shortly after the pandemic, but it seems to have turned around. Can you talk to us a little about, about what the semiconductor market looks like today and what the outlook is for the near future? Well, that's one of the things that changes. So, so mm. you know, for all of its history, semiconductor, you know, demand has gone from boom to bust to boom. <clears throat> you know, it, it goes up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, an important ratio in the semiconductor industry, going back to, you know, when I was a young guy working in the semiconductor industry is the book to bill ratio. And you're always hoping that you're booking more new orders than you are billing for, for old orders because uh you know there there is a very up and down um uh demand and and there you know it's it's one of those uh, industries where you know you can be really hustling to um be able to make more stuff to uh get it in warehouses and then all of a sudden the orders totally dry up and if you think what happened during the pandemic, you know, around the world, I mean, not just in the U.S., but literally around the, the world. You and I were talking earlier about I have a project in Africa, mm -hmm. African computer sales during the pandemic um, uh, went to levels they'd never seen before. Mm. And that was really true around the around the world. So uh, we we're scrambling for. Um, for semiconductors, for all sorts of items. And then, you know, a lot of people sort of forward bought. In other words, they 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 bought a computer during 2020 or 2021 or 2022, and they don't need one in 2023 or 2024. So mm -hmm. uh, demand for some things have, have cooled down. Now the automobile industry still has um, a pretty high demand for uh, semiconductors, because if you look at what a a vehicle is, a car or a truck, they're pretty much a computer these days, and mm. and so there still is is decent demand, but this is one of those things where uh, the semiconductor industry is very used to uh, huge swings in demand. Um, you know, the farther you go back in the supply chain, the farther, farther you go upstream, the more extreme the, um, you know, the demand swings are. And so for the semiconductor folks, they're just kind of used to these big demand swings. Excellent. Um, or not excellent. <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to deal with. Um, what sort of... Well, yeah, uh, mind everybody, probably many of the people listening to the podcast played the beer game which all of us yeah supply chain professors uh, play but dr forrester from mit years ago and forrester research he said um about 60 years ago he said the 10 percent swing in demand at retail ends up being a 40 percent uh swing at the factory and so the semiconductor industry is basically back at the factory if you're in that industry you have had to get used to these major uh changes in in demand and so 
they're always trying to respond to um, to big swings because they're a supplier. They're never the end product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what sort of effect does that have on the development of other technologies? You know, you mentioned the automobile industry. So, you know, thinking about trucking and, and how high tech trucks are these days, how does semiconductor um, supply affect how quickly they can get their product out the door? Well, it, it affects pretty much every industry. You know, you, there's mm. some industries you wouldn't expect. Well, what does semiconductors have to do with agriculture or fashion or so on? But um, pretty much all the equipment that are used are, are semiconductor heavy. So what's what's happening is that companies are building on the technology that's available or is soon going to be available. And, and so there is really great pressure on the semiconductor industry to keep reinventing themselves. Mm. And we're in a really interesting time as, um, you know, we've, we've gotten past uh, sort of just using regular light. The, the technology that's winning right now is EUV, extreme ultraviolet light which mm-hmm. is sort of light tricks where you can actually make these um, channels on a, on a silicon wafer smaller than, than, than what light would normally be able to, to etch. And, and so um, the semiconductor folks are doing many things at the same time. They're making the chips much more complex, which is harder because how do you get the, tiny micro channels on a on a chip and mm. um and how do you handle the heat from these high-end mi- microprocessors because these things are so dense and so packed with circuits that there's a a heat problem and it, it's it's really a technological uh, marvel and other industries are depending on um those chips being designed and and available for the next generation equipment or products in pretty much every industry on the planet. Do you have any recommendations for companies who are dependent on semiconductor supply for how to deal with the shifts in demand, like in shortage and glut, kind of that cycle that we see? Well, one of the things I I, I think, um, and there's probably people from the automobile industry listening to this, and you know, there's good reason why the auto industry handles um, changes in demand the way they always have, going back 40 years. And what the auto industry did was when they saw a softening of demand in the beginning of the pandemic, they basically cancel all the orders Mm-hmm. Um, upstream from all the suppliers. Well, what they didn't realize was at the same time they were canceling semiconductor orders, uh, there were a whole bunch of other types of companies because you don't just sell semiconductors to the automobile industry. Uh, like, for instance, computer manufacturers and so on that soaked up all that demand and more all that supply really, they soaked up the supply and, and, and more uh, because the, 
the uh, demand for computers and other types of electronic equipment shot up. And so then when the automobile industry wanted to start making cars, um, all that capacity had been allocated not to them because from the semiconductor company perspective, we guys just sort of rudely canceled your orders. We're not gonna put you in the front of the line to get some mm -hmm. more stuff. And so um, I, I, I think in some industries, like for sure the, the automobile companies, that they should probably think through um, how they manage supply, particularly if you're competing with other industries for supply um, like they have been the last couple of years and not being able to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So think about other supply chains that are drawing from the supply. Yeah. We call it here. at Arizona State, um, the idea of the nexus supplier sort of created and it's this idea that you have to look at other supply chains that are mm -hmm. sort of next to your supply chain because those may have a huge impact on you you know if you're um a stellantis and you're thinking well gm and toyota and honda they're all canceling their orders sure but they're not the total demand for the chips and and so you need to look at what Dell and Apple and so on are, are doing because they're relevant to your um, availability of supply. Mm. You're not just looking within your own industry. Great. Well, Dale, I think that's about the amount of time we have for today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, again, you mentioned you were going to be at, at EDGE giving a presentation, so people can hear more about that there. Is that correct? Yes, I'll be there the whole time. So I'd love to talk to, to folks about the really interesting issue, and we're hoping to continue the research uh, on an annual um, uh, basis, um, and I'm I'm getting some help working on the research from the younger Dr. Rogers, who I think mm -hmm. you talked to a few times to uh, before Colorado State, and um, he's helping me as well. So I think we'll both be there. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dale. This is Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, and we have been talking to Dr. Dale Rogers from the Arizona State University, and I am Susan Lacefield. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is a co-production of the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. This episode has been brought to you by Here Technologies. Accelerate your business with location intelligence. Please subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts.